Hello and welcome to David's Life and Observation. Now I do sound a little under the weather and my voice is a little gravelly, at least more gravelly than it is usually. But uh, yeah, welcome to David's Life and Observation. I am your host, David Welch, and it is a glorious Tuesday here in Texas. The sun is shining, the kids are getting ready to go to school. And uh, for you grown adults out there, it is almost time to head back to school yourselves. Some of you are gearing up for your first year of college or your last year of college or your first year of graduate school or your first year at going to your PhD program. Whatever the case may be, good luck and have fun. Uh, learning is supposed to be supposed to be a fun process. If you don't enjoy what you're learning, Something is, is fundamentally wrong. Not necessarily the one aspect of, uh, or one class that you may not like, because nobody likes doing statistics. Well, I take that back. There are some people that like doing statistics, but it wasn't my favorite class, right? I would prefer classes that uh, attack my creativity, like writing, you know, whether it's an academic essay, poem, play, screenplay, whatever have you. I enjoy classes like that because I get feedback. It's catharsis for me. It's uh, It allows me to escape and things like that. Now, my topic today, what I really wanted to talk about is, uh, and, and not just going back to school, uh, there is a long-standing debate on whether uh, going to school online versus going to a brick-and-mortar school is... is uh, you know, is a uh, is not as good as going to a brick and mortar school. There are some programs out there that are hybrid, where you are in class and online. And uh, I'm just here to talk briefly about the benefits of both. So, the comfortability of online versus a traditional campus is you can stay home. If you're a stay at home mom, or if you're a stay at home dad, or you prefer to. Uh, not interact with uh, you know anyone while you're doing your learning, then this is the best option for you. Now, be prepared to do, I would say, quantifiably more work than you would as if you're in a classroom. And here's what I mean. So when you're in your online program, everything you do is based on your writing ability. You enter, you engage in the discussions, you answer the questions from the professor. You respond to other people's responses to that question for engagement points. And you still participate in the quizzes and do the tests and, and the, the papers. So <clears throat> if you go to an online class, you may quantifiably produce more on paper, more papers. And you may write you know, way more than you would if you were in versus being in a brick-and-mortar class. Now, if you're in a heavy lecture-based brick-and-mortar class, uh, you're, you may not be utilizing your pencil as much. You may be taking a few notes from a PowerPoint or a few smart things the professor says. Other than that, you're sitting back, you're sitting back, you're relaxing, you're enjoying the ride, you're enjoying the discussion. Um, I'd say the reading requirement's about the same. Uh, you know, I mean, if you go to a brick and mortar school and you take English or history or anything that has heavy, heavy textbooks, you're still going to do the same amount of reading. Now, uh, it 
could be argued that you would do more research online versus actually at a campus because you're forced to use those online libraries to engage in the discussion and for your paper. So it is encouraged for you to do so in a more proactive way than, you know, doing one midterm paper and a paper at the end of the year at a conventional brick and mortar class. Not saying that the, the stringent requirements in the rubrics are inherently different because they may not be, you know, as far as what your professor is looking for in a paper. However, the, the online student is going to get a little bit more practice at it. Now, the online student has the comfortability of being mobile. Now, I'm not saying there aren't commuter brick-and-mortar students, but you are kind of confined to a space to, to do your learning, you know, with, with a professor and other students. Now, uh, a lot of people like that option because you can ask questions and get answers a little bit, a little bit quicker than you would in a uh, online setting. And then the turnaround for your questions may be much quicker and allow you time to correct any mistakes in your current, uh, your current writing skills before you get to that final paper or before you get to that, uh, that paper before the final paper. That way you can kind of battle back on your GPA. Now, for those who are online, sometimes you're not getting feedback until week three from your first paper and you've already done a paper in week two. That is inherently a problem because you know you made similar mistakes in week two, so there are two weeks you're going to go without having adequate feedback in time <coughs> to adjust fire and make those corrections before you're able to go forward in the program. So uh, there are there are benefits. There are uh, you know definitely advantages. I mean, advantages of going to school on a campus is you get to experience campus life. You get to go to the games, get to deal with Spirit Week and all the festivities that may go on on campus. Or, if you're an online student, you get the comfortability of uh, having a siesta on the beach and going to school and doing your discussion questions while your other fellow students are walking to class. They're in a classroom and they're beholden to uh, specific time constraints to be in there and do what they need to do. So uh, those are just some of the pros and cons. Now, if you're thinking about going back to school, you know, just decide what's best for you. Is it is it more advantageous for me to have the flexibility of, you know, going to work and other things and being able to go to school online, or do I even have the time for that? Or am I going to be able to have the time to go to a brick and mortar school? The comfortability of having my questions and concerns addressed by a professor immediately versus waiting. Uh, you know, uh, at least 48 hours for your online professor to get back to your questions. So that's what I want to talk to you today. Uh, the reason I bring that up is it's, it's just that time of year. It's the fall. People are going back to school at a multitude of levels. Uh, my veteran compa compatriots out there that are going back to school, you know, and, and utilizing your GI Bill, I thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to utilize the benefit you fought for and it's not an entitlement, guys. You guys fucking earned it, okay? So go out there, utilize your benefits, go to school, get a degree, and put it in the face of everybody that ever said, hey, you're nothing but a meathead, you're nothing but a jarhead, you're nothing but a, a gunslinger and baby killer. You know, you're not those things. You're a human being, and you're a veteran. You, you sacrificed time, energy, and part of your life for this country, and you more than deserve 
to to go to school and have 36 months of school paid for, you know, by your hard work and effort and your contribution to the GI Bill. So, like I said, veterans, thank you for going to school, whether it's online or on a campus. Embrace school. Embrace be open-minded. Yes, the students that you're going to be working with are going to be younger than you. They're going to be... They're going to be wrapped with a different frame of reference and a different mentality, and that's okay. Now, for those of you going to school in the trades and 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 going to learn to be an electrician or veterinarian or or something that's you know more career school oriented, HVAC, uh, IT, you know those type of schools. Good on you. Keep going. Strive to learn everything you possibly can. Get all the certifications you can, and kick ass out there, guys. Love you. Welcome to David's Life and Observation, episode two for the day. Uh, <laughs> something that really grinds my gears. And by the way, this is your host, David Welch. Uh, it's funny, like, I read and go through my social media and I see people defending the rich, saying that being poor. Or people that are either retarded, can't handle money, or have a deficiency in some sort of way that prevents them from becoming rich. (laughs) And I call bullshit on that weak-ass argument so quick, it's insane. So, a friend of mine former co-worker decided to post something that I, I didn't agree with. So I made a simple statement, you know, saying, uh, and it, it is regard to legislating the rich out of freedom. And that's simply not the case in the oligarchy that we live under. <coughs> How is it? It's not even plausible to legislate Bezos out of freedom, out of freedom, you can't do it. I mean, the guy, the guy got away with four billion dollars in dodging taxes because of a loophole. The Waltons probably dodged just as much. You got people that work for these rich fucks that are on the public dole, and we sneer people that have to go on food stamps, and we sneer people that have to use public assistance to get by at the same time we're not condemning the rich from being obtusely obscenely rich and and out of touch with reality because they make so much money they can shit on the rest of us i mean and and then there are people that actually defend them so there are people that actually defend the rich are you fucking kidding me right now you're gonna defend people who's uh, daily spending habits dwarf my fucking annual paycheck in a heartbeat. You know, I, I understand if you're uh, the entrepreneurial type and you don't want to uh, make excuses for, you know, not being at the top of your game or being rich yet. I get that. You know, I get uh, a lot of people are hustling and hard work and they're in the middle of their grind and. You know, they, they work super hard. I'm talking, you, you got to talk about the employees at Amazon. Those, those people work non-stop in a warehouse 
you know, pushing product left and right and scanning things and doing whatnot, lifting things, heavy boxes. I mean, not all orders are, you know, light. But at the same time, they have to go on public assistance so they can feed their families. And that's not right. You could say, well, there's no skill. There's, there's, they're menial labor. So fucking what? We, people, we need jobs in this country. You can't sneer to cashier at Walmart because that might be her or his second or third fucking job. You don't know. You don't know the person, if a person's on food stamps, they've got two jobs, yet they're still on food stamps because they don't make enough. And you wanna, you wanna, you wanna jump on your fucking high horse and defend the rich? Are you kidding me? You're talking about people who make billions. Or who make millions and millions of dollars. Something that you'll never, maybe never, ever see or get to in your lifetime. We live under a fantasy that all people who work hard will become wealthy. That is not true. That's not, that's not a reality. Not even fucking close of a reality in America. Not even close. You know, I know people that work hard day in, day out. They're fucking grinding. They're driving Uber. They're working at a hospital. They're writing papers on the side. They're making jewelry on the side and selling it. Buying old furniture and refurbishing it. And, and there's people out there that honestly want to defend the rich who, you know, will take private jets here and there and, you know, try and get you to motherfucking pay for it. Creflo dollar. It's obscene how people try and defend the rich in some, in some sort of backhanded statement saying, oh, we can't legislate them out of freedom. There's no fucking way you're going to do it. Can you equal the playing field with uh, legislation and taxes? Yes. Yes, you fucking can. Can you make it bearable for people not to want to commit fucking suicide or homicide because of the circumstances they're in? Yes. Some people don't have the mental fucking capacity to, to subvert their station, but that doesn't remove the fact that they don't work, that they work hard. They may be the hardest working people you know, but they don't, they can't mentally get out of their station. They may not know how. They may have never been shown the opportunity. Right? You know, they might have been burned before with some wise ass who wanted to fucking, you know, come up with a fucking get rich, get rich quick scheme and fucking didn't pan out for them. They might be more hesitant to hold their money closer to their chest. I'm sorry, but if you're uninsured and you have a medical issue, good fucking luck trying to dig out of that hole. It's, it's going to be rough. Especially if you're making minimum wage and you're working, even with your side hustles, you're making, you know, barely enough to feed your family and keep a roof over your head. And you want to defend the rich? What kind of fucking sane conversation can you even fucking have? You can't. You can't. You're going to defend people whose, whose weekend getaway home costs more than your entire family's annual salary combined? 
You want to defend that person saying, oh, they worked hard for their money. Bullshit. Now, Jeff Bezos came from the bottom. He started his company and utilized technology and a kick-ass algorithm to better his station and become the megalithic uh, company that Amazon is today. Good on him. But for him to dodge $4 billion in taxes and not pay his fair share to help everybody else out is a fucking cop-out. And to defend him like, oh, well, you know, the richer he pay uh, so much in taxes, but there's so many fucking loopholes for them, it's not even fucking funny. Stop defending the rich. Seriously, you're not going to win that argument with the, with the average person on the street. You're not. You can't tell me that Every person, every person that's on the street right now, every person that is in, you know, locked into minimum wage or, you know, they're living their, their daily life is going to somewhere else, somehow, you know, with uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of hard work somehow be wealthy. It's not going to fucking happen for a lot of people. That's just the harsh reality, right? If you don't have a niche or if you don't have a unique way to get yourself there, it may never happen for you. And that's okay, we can live good lives, but we can't live a good life if we're constantly being sneered at for having to go on the public dole, or constantly being ridiculed for having to fucking be that person in, in line at the grocery store using your SNAP benefit. So fucking, so fucking ludicrous. You can't, you can't fucking sit here and say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to defend, uh, uh, these rich multi-million dollar motherfuckers who make so much obscene money that they they are so out of touch with reality that they've never actually uh, seen anyone that didn't work for them for 10 fucking years. And there's people out there that have gone 10, maybe 15, 20 years without ever seeing somebody that doesn't actually work for them. That's obscene. They're able to do what they want, when they want, conquer countries just by buying off politicians. I mean, this is this is Game of Thrones, but motherfucking for real. When you're talking about rich people, but when you're talking about poor people, you know, we're what are we serfs? What are we? We just serving the fucking rich? No, no, we're not. We're fucking people. If you want people to be happy, you want people to to play nice and smile at you. Throw them a bone once in a while. If you if you break people down to the point where they can't subvert their station or or see the possibility of upward mobility through hard work then then what kind of what kind of system do we have here in America is is the american dream even possible i know for a lot of millennials a lot of us can't can't or choose not to own homes because it's a fucking it's a it's an investment we may not even be able to make financially and soundly because a lot of us are changing jobs every few years or industries. You know, you might be making $100,000 this year, but that's not guaranteed next year. It's not guaranteed at all in most states. Or your industry might become obsolete. The things you know and things you're good at may become obsolete with technology. But that's what I'm saying, people. And... and you want to defend the rich? You want to defend people who make an obscene amount of money? Talking about, oh, well, we can't legislate them out of freedom. 
That's not the whole point. The whole point is, you know, creating an equal playing field. How about, you know, having the rich pay their fair share and reinvest that money back into our infrastructure? How about fucking that? You don't see you don't see that fucking happening. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna put this to bed. That's pretty much what I wanted to go over. Uh, it's just it's just incredible to me that people can wantonly, poor as me, poor as you, defend the rich so easily when it comes to that mentality of oh well you must have a mental deficiency or you're just not working hard enough. And you're not doing yours to get where you need to go and be wealthy. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're making $40,000 a year, you're a bitch, you ain't wealthy. You're not. Motherfucker, you're making $55,000 a year, bitch, you ain't wealthy. You you average. And that's even on the lower end of average. You ain't even middle class. So, let's get it straight, people. You know, don't sneer at the poor. Don't be that asshole in a fucking Walmart getting all butthurt because some, some lady's using her SNAP benefit or using her uh, uh, benefits to get food. Okay? Don't be that one. Have some, some, have some fucking empathy. Not everybody, not everybody you see utilizing benefits as a fucking uh, thug or a fucking, fucking uh, lazy person. They're not. They may be the hardest fucking working people you know, but they're just down on their luck or circumstances fucked them. Whatever the case may be, you just don't fucking know. So opening your big fucking gap and and saying something or or fucking with someone based on that that predetermined thought process is fucked up. It's bullying. Fuck, I pray to God I see somebody do that today and I fucking get a chance to ridicule them. It's insane. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that every person who's in shitty circumstances didn't find themselves a way to get there, utilizing excuses or whatever have you, but not everybody that works hard ever becomes wealthy either, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, if you're Donald Trump and you had a million dollars to fucking gamble and, and risk trying to do business ventures, you're going to have a lot more fucking success than the person who has one dollar to invest or goes into debt to invest in their future. A lot of people sneer at that shit nowadays. Well, when you get a skill and take on your debt, you can't pay it back. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfuckers. You fucking baby boomers and Gen Xers could work a summer job and go to school. It's not the same fucking circumstances, you pieces of shit. It's not. We live in a different fucking world, different fucking circumstances, different fucking playing field, different fucking mentality. Alright? We need to get back to cheering on those people that work hard. We need to get back to demanding that people pay their fair share and they can't dodge $4 billion in taxes. It's fucking insane to me, people defending the rich. You can defend them in the sense that, hey, they're smart enough to be on top of where they're at. They're smart enough to be financially free to do whatever it is what, that they want to do. You'll never hear me, you know, sneer at fucking Elon Musk, rich as he is. He's a fucking go-getter. He, he, he uh, tries to make the world a better place. Bezos, for his, for his 
shitty as he treats his workers, is a smart fucking person and he's helping the world receive things and 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 shop in a in a more convenient way with his online store on Amazon. He's created millions of jobs and I thank him for it. But don't but don't ask me to fucking defend that guy. And and say that we're gonna we can legislate him out of freedom because it's not gonna fucking happen. You know, I mean, if he's smart with his money, he'll never have to work an actual day in his life. Elon Musk, same way, won't actually have to work strenuously another day in his life if he doesn't want to. And 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 taking risk and being adventurous with your money doesn't make you retarded. Doesn't make you a bad money person or a bad planner all that makes you is an entrepreneur and you're trying to better yourself all right calling again